0: Hey guys, welcome to Ronin Rabbit episode 71. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. The only Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast that I'm aware of. If you want to send me feedback, you can send it to usagipodcast at gmail.com. Leave comments on the website at bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit, or on Google Plus on the Ronin Rabbit page, and Facebook on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page. That's where I post the episodes. Usagi Ojimbo Volume 2, Issue 15, cover dated August 1995. The story is entitled Keizo. Primarily, uh, the characters will be Miyamoto Usagi and Kichiro. Our story opens with Usagi on the coast somewhere. Surveying the ocean, taking in the ocean breeze, enjoying a... uh, Perhaps woodcutter is passing by behind him, carrying a massive load of wood here. Trips and falls. Usagi helps him up, but not only helps him up, but helps carry the wood to the woodcutter's residence. Very surprising for the woodcutter because he is a lowly woodcutter and Usagi is a samurai uh, higher in the social hierarchy. And so the, the peasant, shall we say, is not used to getting help from the knight. Just to make some sort of uh, similarities there with what people may know being more familiar with medieval England and Europe than quote-unquote medieval Japan. So they get there, uh, get to the village. The uh, gentleman tells Usagi that, well, no, actually, I'm not a woodcutter. I'm just using this wood for my job primarily. I'm a fisherman. And Usagi is is a fisherman, but you said also that you were a farmer in their conversation. And he's like, well, I am because, see, what I farm is seaweed. And they're up on a bluff, and he points out to the ocean, and you see these seaweed fences, and you see the different boats as they're floating around, gathering their uh, catch for the day. He says, we are kaiso farmers, seaweed, kaiso, seaweed. Um, So they get to the house, they stack the wood up there outside, and they go in, and the farmer, let's see, has he given his name? Yeah, Kichiro, introduces Usagi to his son and his wife as Usagi is going to spend the night as a traveler. You know, it's, it's a warm, dry place to stay. And we we see uh, a, a nice uh, uh, bonding here, a, a sharing of both worlds between these two different worlds. They're sharing their food and their fire and their shelter. And Usagi says, well, oddly enough, I, I think I have something that I can contribute to our meal. I have a bag of tea with me. And and the wife is is... Uh, taken aback. Oh, we haven't had tea in months. That's excellent. Then the little boy comes up to Usagi and asks if he can see Usagi's sword. And Usagi tells him, well, Hayato, of course, but be careful not to touch the blade. It's sharp and also the oils from your hands can ruin it. So Usagi opens the uh, sword up a little bit pulls it from the scabbard some uh, to show the boy, and the boy is, ooh, wow, you know. Later on, we have a a little scene here where the boy has fallen asleep in Usagi's arms, and Usagi is talking to Kichiro and finds out that something has been happening to the seaweed plots at night, and that the two side-by-side villages who formerly were friends are now at odds because the one thinks the other is poaching. In their territory, uh, so they go to sleep. The next day, they get up. Usagi goes out with Kichiro to help with the seaweed harvesting. So we then learn about seaweed harvesting. As uh, ocean plots are deeded to families, and the families maintain the same plots generation after generation after generation. These fences. Are installed in the plots, and the seaweed is both harvested off the fence, but also they have. And in doing that, I should add that they have special uh, geta stilts that the young people, the the smaller people wear, and they are indeed, as they're drawn here, they're gaita sandals with long. Uh, stilts built onto them to allow them to walk in the water but stay just above it because the water looks to be, you know, I don't know, eight, ten feet deep here. So they, when the tide goes down, harvest the seaweed that has been stuck in the fences, the seaweed fences, whereas the men in the boat use a special tool to reach down into the water and harvest the seaweed that is growing in the water. And the and the, the tool that they have is a pole with a, a handle on one end, and on the other end are two sharpened points that are lashed to the pole. And you insert the points into the seaweed, like on either side of the seaweed, and then you twist it like you would like a key or something like that and it twists the seaweed so that you can extract it from the soft bottom and you can harvest the seaweed that's growing in the bottom as well as those leaves that have floated to the top and are uh, connected by the stems that have been gathered around the fences and so they go out every day and gather this, uh, I guess probably at uh, low tide, and, and gather the seaweed, and then they take it off for processing, which we'll learn about here in a minute. Now Usagi notices over there in the distance, there's a an interesting rock formation. It looks like a big fin or something like that. And the uh, farmer Kijiro tells him, yes, actually that's called shark's rock, and that's the boundary between our fields and our neighbor fields. You know, the neighbors that I was telling you were poaching our stuff. So some more information about what's been happening. Not only has there, have Kichiro's village's fields been poached, but now the poachers have taken to tearing down the rows of the fences. And so it then takes them several more days to repair those fences before they can get back to harvesting. So it, it puts them that much farther behind. So they take their harvest uh, to Mama in in, uh, in the, uh, the hut and... We find out that her name is Chio, C-H-I-Y-O, Chio, and she is working, and so now Usagi moves on to the next part of the process and asks her what she does. So she says what she does is she chops the seaweed um, up, stirs it into a tub of water, and then it's poured through screens so that it forms thin layers on the screens, and then the layers are allowed to dry in the sun, thus making... Nori, which a, a lot of us are, are familiar with sheets of seaweed called nori. We can buy those in the store. So that's, that's ultimately where all of this ends. This is the, the uh, old school nori production is what we're seeing here. Uh, the next day, the farmer takes his nori uh, bales to town to sell them runs into one of his neighbors, Bunji. Uh, they have a little stare-down argument here in the middle of the street that Usagi finally has to separate to you know, keep them apart from acting all goofy in front of a bunch of people. And, and they do. Then the neighbor turns on Usagi and accuses him, oh, now you're hiring thugs to do your dirty work, huh? And Usagi, um, very... Uh, uh, very, very, what's the word? I don't know the word. But he he gets this very determined, aggravated almost look on his face, and he tells him, I'm no thug. If I were, you'd be lying bloodied in the street. And the guy backs off and apologizes and runs off. While Usagi and uh, Kichiro go on to the buyer to sell the nori. They do, but the farmer is disappointed in the price. Uh, And the buyer says, well, you know, I I do what I can. I I just bought a large batch from Bungie, and now I am having to buy your batch. Actually, he is selling more than you are, and very, very good stuff. Look at this. And he shows him a sheet of Bungie's nori, and immediately uh, Kichiro recognizes the nori as being from his plots. I, I don't know how that's even possible, but he does. So as he starts to throw out accusations, the seller says, "Now, now, let's not, you know, let's not get into anything." And he looks at Usagi and says, "See what I have to do to keep these guys separate. They're, they're always doing this kind of stuff." And Usagi takes the lead here, and he says, "Well, um, actually, uh, you know, I'm just passing by. I, I wasn't, I, I hadn't decided to stay or anything like that. But you know, I think I might." be okay to leave now everything's cool because i know that my friend here just found an excellent excellent new field right out there by shark rock and the farmer starts to stop him well usagi no you remember i said and usagi's like no no that's okay we can trust the seller he's your agent so he wants you to be successful he wants this to work out for you and actually, if this does work out, then what you'll have to do is you'll have to go to your neighbor and negotiate how to divide up this new killer plot that's right there on the boundary so that everybody can have their share. And they leave the seller with that information, go out that night, and they're ready as the poachers come in. And they start looking around, and of course they don't find anything because it was a ploy by Usagi to draw the poachers out Um They attack Usagi and the fishermen, and there's much fighting here, primarily with the tools that they use to harvest the seaweed because it has a longer reach than swords, so that's what they use. Usagi commandeers one of these tools and uses it to fight off all the other poachers, actually. Until finally, uh, everyone is in the water except Usagi, and he grabs one of the poachers and he starts, like, you know, water torturing him, holding him under pulling him up, asking who sent him, no answer, holding him under, uh, back and forth, back and forth, <coughs> excuse me, until finally uh, the poacher says that Yamanaka, Yamanaka is the one who sent us. Now that's the seller. And Usagi asks why, and he tells him that Yamanaka feared the two villages would get together and create a partnership uh, that would allow distribution and thus be able to distribute their own stuff rather than going through Yamanaka for distribution, so he would be cut out of the money chain. So in order to keep them having to come to him, he was using sabotage. And then when they're done, Usagi, when, when the dude is done confessing, Usagi turns and says, have you heard enough? And we see that he is referring to the neighbor, who also all of a sudden pull up in all of their boats. They were back away and have drawn in so they could hear. And so the two neighbors make up because now they know what the deal is. They know that there's no need for them to fight because neither one of them was doing anything. And they both seem to like this idea of a distributorship set up just by the two of them, thus taking Yamanaka completely out of the picture. And that's the end of the story of our seaweed farming from Usagi. So we did have a couple words here in this one. We had uh, doshin, which is the police that was thrown out when the two men were arguing in the street. And Usagi said that the doshin may show up. I don't believe I said that at the time, but that's what he said. And then uh, kaiso, which is the seaweed, the basis for the entire story. Uh, Let's see. Not really any feedback this time that I was able to find. So next time out, guys, will be Usagi Ojimbo, Volume 2, Issue 16. Cover dated 1995, and that is the last, issue 16, is the last of the Mirage volume. So, come back next week to hear the last Mirage story for Usagi. I'll talk to you guys then. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal Production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.